Welcome to Bruin Source. This is the quarantine edition here with Isaiah. <laughs> this is Ed. And we are recording on, for me, I think it's day five for a quarantine for me since um, Saturday. I think officially. I've been, uh, I was a la- Friday was the last time I saw a friend for dinner and we sat outside in a corner of a restaurant, but beginning on Friday, Saturday, uh, yeah. I don't know for you. Maybe you've been in it Sun- longer. Sunday officially for me, I guess. Sunday? Yeah. I don't know. It's like... Uh, I've lost count. No, I didn't see anybody. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Uh, there has... Strange days. One of the... I think... What is this? This is the biggest... <clears throat> global event maybe since... Uh, well, biggest since World War Two in terms of affecting social uh, movement throughout the globe simultaneously. But biggest uh, event since the Spanish flu in 1918, so 102 years ago. Um, It's just, yeah, I mean, when you put it into into those contexts, it just, like, it's so strange. There's really nothing else, like, I can say about it besides it's just like we're living through something that is is gonna be not probably is gonna be in history books and you know 10 20 30 years that people are gonna look back like i think we're gonna be looking back on this like the spanish flu like we did in our history classes and so it's it's just so strange um and you know we're 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 doing our best on our end to social distance and, and keep away from people just to, you know, stop the spread. Um, encourage everyone to do that. I know there's all sorts of sorts of people still out there doing dumb things, but hopefully it's it's set, settling in now that you know, it's this is here to stay for the time being and we shouldn't be acting like that, acting yep. selfishly. Yeah, we can't be carriers for the younger the younger people. And By the way, I, I went on a I went on a Twitter rant on our Twitter the other night, a couple of nights ago when this first started. So, if I offended anybody, I don't apologize for that. Neither. Neither. I, I've had uh, tough conversations with friends over the past week, um, especially with the attitude of, um, "Yeah, this is not a big deal" type of blase, uh, you know, <clears throat> blase fair attitude on this. I think I think it's just a misunderstanding of how our, you know, our viruses move throughout society in this world and not understanding how it does affect our high-risk uh, individuals. And it's not just about the next two months. It's about preventing this from out spreading over the next year, the next year and a half. It's not like people are like, oh, well, it's not a big deal. Only this many people have the virus. And, then, you know, and they're trying to use these numbers as a sampling fall. But the end of the day is that we know it could be so much worse. The, there's a number one, there's one fact that our data is provo- pro, pro, proving is that this is more deadly than the flu, even as minute as that percentage is. And then the second one is it's more contagious than the flu. So the comparison is very flawed when, you know, that type of rhetoric is out there. And it's very much necessary and appropriate for all measures 
to be used to keep people inside to isolate and just stop the spread. That's the biggest thing because if we didn't stop the spread, yes, like many of us would be okay, but you know, many of our older loved ones would be falling ill over the next year if we just resumed our holiday activity and our visits and whatnot. So I'm very much uh, on board with, you know, cautionary measures. And I think this should be even further uh, if we if we want to get if we want to get a hold of this uh, sooner enough. We just need the data, we need the testing, we need the numbers, and we need um, isolation just for uh, the time being. Once everything plays out and we get this out of our system, then we're good to go. We're good to go. Right? Yeah. It's it's craziness. I understand this is unprecedented. Like nobody really has experienced anything similar to this in our lifetime lifetimes. Um, so I get, you know, originally people weren't really understanding or whatever, but you know, at this point, I think we, um, understand how bad this is and can be, but so a moment for us and just like pretty big moment. I, it's, it's interesting though, because I think with how developed our world is, we have what 4 billion people traveling around this time throughout the year but even more so how developed is how we realize how like just how many things there are in our life that we have passions for and we're distracted by and things that seem bigger than they actually are and once those get put on hold it just is a huge jolt like like that's the one constant that you cannot stop and all of a sudden it is stopped with a question mark and not necessarily like oh this is a pause this is like oh no it could be canceled like um, and that's what's happened with the NCAA. Like, I imagine in, in, in 1918, I was actually trying to see what happened. I'm not sure if anything did because, of course, travel wasn't as widespread. But I'm, I'm curious to see what would be the measures. What happened in 1918? And, and maybe we can, we can do an episode on that. <laughs> but So there, it's funny you mentioned that. I, there was an article I saw on Twitter that someone wrote um, about Michigan football in 1918. Um, and how, how they were handling kind of the Spanish flu situation. Um, and it's very eerily similar, some of the rhetoric that people are throwing around. Oh, it's just like the normal flu will be fine, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so I can, I can send that to you, but it's, it's, it is interesting. There's certain parallels back even, you know, a hundred years ago that haven't changed or that kind of attitudes those kinds of attitudes still sort of linger. So, um, yeah, it is, you make a good point, you know, people, I think last Wednesday when, um, the NBA sort of shut it down or, or postponed games initially was sort of the first, you know, we'd been reading about this going on kind of globally and it's starting here, but when that happened and when kind of the threat of sports, overall, not just NCAA, but sports overall kind of, uh, became, uh, shutting down or started shutting down was when it sort of, I think hit a lot of people, including myself. It's like, okay, this is here now, and this is here to stay. And we should probably pay attention to this a lot more than, you know, even I had been at that point. Um, and, and then when the tournament got canceled, then it was like, okay, 
this, yeah, this when is, NCAA, uh, NCAA is, uh, is, uh, is, is, you know, backing down, then you know there's something <laughs> going on. Yeah, I mean, in, of all, in general, you know. Of all things, NCAA is going to be, <laughs> they're going to, you know, hold on as hard as they can. Right, and, um, you know, the NCAA dragged their feet a little bit. They didn't have the most proactive response, but in the end, they did do the right thing. Um, but overall, when you think about, like, you know, any of these leagues, NCAA included, but, you know, the NFL or whoever else, um, or sorry, not NFL, but like NBA or uh, NHL or any of these other leagues that are playing, we're playing right now, they basically made the conscious decision to lose, you know, millions and millions of dollars in revenue right now. And when 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 you see people and co- companies and and leagues like that can make that conscious decision to be like, hey, it is better for us to lose this money right now for the greater good. I, I, like that should be a big wake up call. Yeah. I did. I I did look up one fact I want to just uh, throw in here. So in 1918, um, the Rose Bowl uh, was canceled. It was canceled, actually. Never mind. I'll come back to it. I was looking to see who was in the Rose Bowl in 1918. I thought it was Penn, but it's not. Because you know the Ivy Leagues were powerhouses once upon back a time. Then, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So Penn just came off the Rose Bowl in 1917. Anyways, I digress. But uh, things were canceled. It, uh, Michigan did play five games that season. I saw a little tidbit of that, but I'm going to read that article. Is that the athletic one or another one? There was an athletic. Um, was it the athletic one? I don't know. I'll I'll find it for you. I'll send it your way. Yeah, but it is. I think it's in these situations, like you said, it it is good to get perspective to see, you know, look at see what happened in history uh, during this time. You know, things feel magnified, obviously, because we're much more connected. But measures were eventually taken, and as you said, like rhetoric was or was was pretty similar um, of how people you know, blew it off before, but people's lives were still affected and people's lives were unnecessarily lost. And um, it, it, it's just an example of how we see, we just take a step back and we pause and we say, okay, this needs to be, the bats need to put be put down. Um, the basketballs need to be put down and we need to, to correct this before we move forward. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if, if the worst thing in the world is that, you know, sports don't happen for a few more months, then, you know, so be it for the greater good of, of you know, our country and, and the rest of the world. And so it's, we do need to put it in perspective. I think people are kind of, you know, taking this whole, like, this is the apocalypse thing a little too far. Like, yes, this is scary. I, I would be lying if to say that, you know, I wasn't scared or I'm still not scared about any of this, but... Um, like this is not, this is something that's happened throughout human history. Like it's a natural event. Um, like we're, we're going to move on. Hopefully we'll, we'll be sitting here next year in the middle of the tournament with UCLA winning. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) we all knew knew. that UCLA is going to win the tournament anyways, especially if we were on the, the, which side of the bracket were we on? The, the mid, the one with uh, Dayton Midwest. Yeah, I don't remember, honestly. I think our path think was our that path we were going to face NC State, and then assuming the higher seeds won, 
uh, it would have been NC State, Penn State, FSU, or Villanova, FSU, and then Dayton. Not bad. Not bad. I think Cronin would have got it. Yeah, easy. Easy slate. No no big deal. Um, Speaking of Cronin, I don't know if you listened to the John Rothstein um, podcast he did with McCronin a few days ago, but I would highly recommend it. No, I'm going to check it out. Um, I saw some quotes from it, but it's on my list of things. I mean, it's not like I'm doing anything else at this point. But yeah, I'll check it out. Check it out. It's very good. Um, But kind of refocusing back to to UCLA um, athletics um, uh, specifically. Um, Yeah, I mean, like we just all talked about, it sucks, but... We were, we especially, it sucked, especially we were, for men's basketball, especially we were in a kind of a great, on a great trajectory. We were on an upswing. Even though we ended our regular season on that terrible game against Southern Cal. Um, if we could take those, eight, take seconds those eight, back. eight seconds back. Right. It, but it still felt like, you know, that, that situation, that game, you know, we fought hard. We came back. We kind of almost took control and to stole that game in that last second. Like, that's the kind of kind of performance you want to see, especially in the tournament. Like, that's the type of game that you want to see them play and win at the end of it. And unfortunately, you know, we didn't win on a step-back three-pointer with time expiring. Like, if that's how we're going to lose, then I'm okay with that in the end. Um, it was just tough to to have that loss against Southern Cal, obviously. But regardless regardless of that loss, like we had a good feeling going into the Pac twelve tournament. We were also I was excited for idea to play USC again in the Pac twelve tournament. So it wasn't like oh, this is our last chance to play them. I mean, even though they would have probably got rolled by Oregon, but still. Like, it was assumed that we are going to play one of those two. Yeah, it's, um, it was a bummer, but again, you know, looking at next year, looking back at this season, you know, it started off terribly, and then we turned it around, and we had that magical win streak, um, and, you know, we basically, I think we're pretty confident, I, I'm confident in saying this, like, we snuck into the tournament, And who knows what would have happened, but going into next year, most of these guys hopefully are coming back, and we add Dyson Nix and um, Jalen Clark. Clark. We'll see if uh, we're still recruiting Zaire Williams and Joshua Christopher, but neither are um, expected to sign with us, but still. uh, Now, there are some, some transfers out there now that I feel like could be good targets. Um, there's the power forward um, from one of the midweight. No, it's from a mid-major. Can't think of who right now that is in the transfer portal. I think he had the. He's leading the nation in rebounding. Um, but like you know, there's there's quality players out there who are looking for a new home. Um, and so if we don't get any of these other blue chip guys, I'm hoping, you know, Mick kind of gets at least somebody in for a year, uh, a quality player who fits his system. 
just to, to bolster the... Isn't someone transferring from um, Cincinnati as well? One of his guys, his former players? Uh, possibly. I have not seen that, but I also... Then maybe I'm making that up. Maybe that's like... Um, well, let's fact, fact check that. Because that's someone we would just naturally think would be in contact with, with Mick. Yeah, let's fact check that. Savino. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. But, you know, the AP released their top 25 today, and we got two votes. So. Two, votes. two votes. We were um, 27th before the USC game, but uh, we got two votes. And two people that know we were going to win. They probably had us number one, but, you know, we didn't want to reveal it as the number one votes. You gotta save something for next season, right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, basketball is in a good place. I think we're all excited for next season. Um, other other news that came out what was it yesterday or two days ago? Uh, as the days are melting together, um, we play Kentucky and New York, right? <clears throat> and then we also play in the Wooden Classic. We play who is it? Virginia. Kansas, Kansas, I think it's Kansas, yeah. Kansas, and I think there was one more Gonzaga. No, not Gonzaga. There's one more team that I can't. Uh, Wooden Classic. It's taking place. There's one more team, and it's bothering me, but it's not Gonzaga. It's um. I'll have to look it up. I don't know. I don't remember off the top of my head. I know Kansas was in there. Regardless, we're playing some tough teams, so we should be tested. Um, We'll see how that goes. Yeah, I mean, look, we were playing like a top 15 team to end the season, so it'll be a good, like you said, a good test, and I'm excited to see how we stack up against those guys when we get, get rolling next season. Yeah, I also think, I, I mean, I'm not anticipating any transfers. Uh, I'm not anticipating Prince Ali returning. And so, well, I, let me not say that, but. I, <laughs> oh, God. Let's hope, you know. That's my nightmare. The, the scholarships, scholarships um, put us in a place where. I'm happy to, to see him transfer and do well elsewhere. But I I think he's for me burned enough bridges at UCLA. I don't want to see him play in blue and gold anymore. Yeah, it is. I mean, his minutes have reduced. He's been a great Bruin in other ways, but just or that I think I don't know how he is on campus. We all, um, you know, see how. Look, he seems are. like he seems like a great kid otherwise, but not. Yeah. Not um, somebody we need anymore on our basketball team. Georgetown. Um, Georgetown. Georgetown was the other team. Because I was thinking ah, Patrick, Georgetown. Yeah, Patrick yeah, Ewing Patrick. and those guys. And they have that one point guard. I can't remember his name, but he's like very balanced. He's like this athletic white kid. Like, And I put that in quotes because uh, the thought is that white kids can't be athletic, which I'm very much against. Yeah, he's a yeah, he's a gym rat. <laughs> That's my favorite thing. <laughs> he's a who is he's like a, a white running back. <laughs> Very rare. 
He puts in the work. <laughs> yeah, he puts yeah, in the work. <laughs> just something, something makes him stand out that you know from the, all the rest of the, white, the rest kids. white kids. High IQ. <laughs> all the, it's like the opposite the... of the high IQ. <laughs> oh man. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Georgetown. It'll be a fun tournament, regardless. Um, assuming every like, I really hope that Riley and. Uh, and Hill don't leave. I know they were testing the waters, you know, during Alfred's years, but they decided that, you know, they recruited back by Cronin. I think he's shown them that with one more year of development, they could actually be, you know, possibly NBA players in some facet, possibly. It'll be, yeah, oh, definitely. I think we've seen some, oh, huge level of improvement with those guys. And especially guys like Chris Smith, it'll be interesting to see what he does. Um, I know there's some thought around he could jump to the NBA right now. I don't... He he has the physical tools, but I don't think he's ready to do that. Like, yes, he's improved every single year, but I don't think he is an NBA player as it stands right now. But, I, you know, if you look at his stats from last year into this season... Like, he made a pretty big jump there So under Cronin. So I think you can argue that if he stays an extra year, he gets that little bit more coaching at that point and can actually improve his draft prospects. Um, he should stay. Now, that being said, if he is actually getting some sort of buzz and commitments from for being drafted, then, you know, by all means, he should go get the money. But... I don't see that happening right now. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought he was leaving after this. But I, I guess my question to you, that kind of brings it to a question of one and dones. I actually see this as a negative for, for us. I, well, it won't matter if the NBA passes in 2021. Is it 2021 the year where you no longer you, you can make the jump from high school to the NBA? Is that correct? Well, I don't know. They, this is an interesting question um, overall because because the NBA season is so jacked up now. Like, how is the, all of that going to work? How does it impact the draft? Like, uh, we haven't yeah. really thought about that. Obviously, there's more important things, but you know, there are those questions now that because of the whole coronavirus pandemic, like in terms of NBA and how that trickles down to the NCAA um, basketball, like in terms of the draft and everything, like when, how's that going to work? Yeah. Are they going to have yeah, a draft? And a... I mean, assuming they resume, if they were to resume in, um, in June and they finish what early August, are they going to have a draft in, in, uh, a draft in August and just get these kids ready a quick summer league I don't know. I mean, it. I think there is, it, I guess to my point was that there's two things I see here. Like, is there going to be a draft? <clears throat> Imagine the NBA is not, I mean, they're, they're definitely going to find a time to have a draft. Um, and then the second is that is this, with this huge situation, I mean, again, it's what, this is a once in a hundred year situation where we stop the world like this. But as things carry on, you also just didn't know, don't know what the frequency will be. But in this case, is it going to convince uh, these players to make the leap for the fact that, like, oh, wait, I may just lose, you know, tape next year 
um, or not even have a chance to play, I need to make a leap to the NBA while my stock is hot. Right. Well, it's going back to like a UCLA player like Chris Smith. Like, what? Where does he stand? Because he didn't get that that tournament exposure now, right? So, yes, he show he showed improvement, but his last several games tape isn't going to show him to be an incredible player. And so, does he actually stay? Even though before this, he was thinking about leaving because he didn't get that exposure. Like, there's a lot of stuff up in the air right now in terms of you know some players on our team, but just kind of the entire uh, NCAA and and basketball overall. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it trickles down. But again, selfishly, I just hope uh, it keeps Chris Smith here, whatever it is. Yeah, same. (laughs) Um, Um, Switching to women's. Yeah, women's finished 10th, third in the Pac-12 in the AP poll. And they were, what, looking at a three-seed after their loss. Um, a very bad loss to Stanford. But they also, Stanford got crushed by Oregon, so you just saw a difference between the two teams. Right. Yeah, I mean, look, Oregon was was a juggernaut this season. So, you know, Sabrina Ionescu's moving on. We already know that. She's already said it. Yes, um, yes. Which we're happy about. happy about. Very good for us. We'll see kind of how how we stack up now in the Pac-12 next season. Um, Japrice was a senior, senior correct? Senior. Yeah. So she's yeah. probably gone. I know. What, I but, saw but did she get eligibility for one more year? Doesn't she? Doesn't she? Uh, again, I don't know if did they count as a spring sport? Cause was it, uh, was I, that only for spring sports? I think it was spring was and winter, but let me see. I'll look into that. But in that case, I think it's different with Japrice because there's not really, you know, a pro uh, paycheck. And I mean, I guess the women's checks got raised. The WNBA check got raised over six figures. But I don't even know if she's going to be on the draft boards for that. Um, but regardless, it's, it's the whole situation is different for women where we could see the whole team returning, I think, if, if they're granted eligibility. So I know Chantel Horvath has already said she's coming back. That's good. Um, so yeah, it'll be it's it's a bummer, you know. We were a top ten team all season, and we were all pretty excited to see how they would do in the tournament. And hopefully, we can make that run next season now. Um, also, just, Jeanette, also just huh? huh? No, go ahead. Oh, what were you gonna say? You say you go. Oh, I was just going to throw it over to gymnastics, and what a what a bummer it was to see that season cut short. I know. Our Dennis no. Nia, she went on Ellen, like, that day, that before everything got cut off. I mean, that's a, the senior class is, is incredible. We have two Olympic gold medalists on there that we're not going to see ever, you know, compete again, which is a travesty. Um and, you know, we have other, you know, people like Gracie Kramer um, and several other uh, competitors on that team that j- were part of that national championship run and could have been again this season, which is just, it sucks to not, you know, see them get their last shot at bringing home another title. Um, so it was pretty sad about that. Yeah. Kyla has been, I mean, she's been, she's going to be remembered as an exemplary 
gymnastic star because she was just a model for how you, you, you know, you take on the vault like she, and the floor, every single facet, every single I mean, round. just all around as yeah. a gymnast, yeah. she was incredible. Incredible. So, uh, sad into that. Yeah, it really is. Um, but, you know, and then best our, of luck to all of them. Yeah, and then our um, other sports, we had softball was number one, so we're just going to go ahead and say that we were the champs. Yeah, we get that championship. Yeah, that's our championship. Um, we were dominating. And then beach volleyball would have been the champions anyways. I forget, I don't even know who was number one, but we are number two. LSU was, I believe. Oh, we would have beat oh, them. And then, uh, and then uh, <laughs> women's water polo, number two, tennis, number two. So we would have probably been in the championship and won those two. So I've got about four championships for us. Well, gymnastics would have beat LSU as well and Utah and, and, and Oklahoma. Wasn't even going to mention them. And then baseball was rolling. Um, they would have probably won too. So maybe now we have six championships. And then, oh, basketball, seven. Uh, so that would have put us back ahead of Stanford. And then maybe we'll give one more. Men's volleyball could have snuck in there. So I'll say seven to eight championships that we would have had. But it's a bummer. It's a bummer. Yeah, uh, it's it's just like, you know, you feel it, it sucks for us as fans, you know, like, yeah, we lament the end of all these seasons, but you got to feel for these kids who put a lot into the off seasons to get here. And, you know, you know, Mick Cronin made a good point um, about men's basketball. You know, he, he said, look, at least we had the chance to play out our entire season. And at least we can hold on to that. A lot of these spring sports students don't even get to that opportunity now. Um, and so, you know, it's just, you you got to feel for them to not even get that shot. But it's, yeah, it's rough, man. It's rough, but we'll get through it. And hopefully we'll get through it. all of our athletes, all of our student athletes and student body as a whole just stays healthy. Um, yeah, and just continues training and, and just being ready for next season. Yeah. Um, and not and then, letting this not virus letting throw them off. Throw them off. Yeah, it's, I know it's harder said than done, but it's throwing us all off. But, you know, yeah. they'll all come out stronger. Um, but speak, We didn't but mention what, what one was thing, that? one sport. One. I think you're probably going there anyways. Yeah, I was going to say, other than that, we've had some activity. Um, it seems like Skype chip is uh, like, the, like the, the, the playing field has been leveled now that people <laughs> don't have to visit. Um and visits have been canceled, so they just, you know, attach themselves to the name before they actually see a football program. <laughs> but we've we've gotten a commitment. We've gotten a commitment. Yeah, we did get a commitment. It's it's a pretty big one. Yeah, family I mean, wise I mean, at least. Yeah, first he is from Alamini, and he uh, wide receiver DJ Justice. He's a three star. Um, he looks like, I mean, he, what is he, 6'1", 180, he's probably, you know, big frame. And he's probably going to grow maybe a half inch or two because his dad is also David Justice, who's the David Justice, a three-time Hall of Famer, a two-time champion. Um, actually, I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer, but 
Anyways, he's gonna be for this for this podcast. Yeah, Halle Berry's ex husband, and which DJ probably doesn't like to hear, but <laughs> it's a fact. <laughs> Blame your dad. Um, and yeah, so it's it's cool. But I think one key fact is that aside from that is that he is Miller Moss's teammate, and with Miller's commitment coming up in May, it is great to see that his teammate has gone ahead and, and made the leap after he's had some pretty good offers. He had offers from Auburn, Miami, some Pac-12 schools. Um, yeah, and they were just coming in. There was more coming in. Virginia Tech was the latest offer. Um, yeah, so it's, his profile is going to blow up to be, you know. It's interesting to see recruiting sort of go on amidst all of this. You know, people are still, you still see offers going out and you still see, you know, a lot of these these kids talking about where they want to go and, you know, commitments and things like that. And so I was a little curious to see how this was going to impact it. Right now, it doesn't seem like it's impacted it a ton. Um, I'm assuming there's not a lot of visits going on with, you know, spring um, practices and, and games all canceled. So it, it was interesting to see that, you know, amidst all this, we were still able to get a, a good, some talent and a good player on uh, committed. Um, maybe this is what Chip needed. He's being limited from shooting himself in the foot recruiting. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I'm happy to see it. And then we also, so with him coming on, we have, what, one wide receiver and he's a three-star. He'll probably... And then we have another wide receiver that is crystal ball to us, but we won't... I won't, you know, get into his profile much, but just the fact that, yeah, things seem to be okay for UCLA right now. It's early. You know, just to give you perspective on the other classes, USC and Oregon are the top two in the Pac-12. Uh, and as you know, West Coast recruits tend to uh, commit pretty much later in the cycle but that's probably going to change as or over that perception is going to change since uh, visits are made in the spring well not this spring but most springs um but we're six in the pac-12 just with one uh commit and um you know if we get a few more we should just jump up there but again these like these rankings don't really matter to us until we start winning because we can we we actually are more focused on the position needs um but yeah regardless it's it's kind of nice to see it's, it helps out also the activity with um you know Bruin report online i'm just thinking of <laughs> imagine these kids sitting at home like oh shit you know i get to play call of duty play 2k Maybe I should commit to whatever school that I've been thinking <laughs> Like, life's, like, pause for them, and now they're like, maybe I should go ahead and figure out the school that I want to go to since I can't really, you know, play the field and, and just be out there. <laughs> Meanwhile, we got people, we got our fans, you know, trying to leverage, like, our UCLA's COVID-19 research into possible recruiting <laughs> juice. <laughs> for God's sake, like, The best what? thing. <laughs> Come, oh, the, you may not be able to get, just imagine just sending them a, a packet, <laughs> UCLA scholarship packet. Here's your offer. The mental with a, gymnastics with a, a COVID test, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's so wild. It'll take That's 48 so hours, but you know you can commit before you find out your result. <laughs> it's crazy, but yeah. So we'll see. I mean, 
it'll also, again, it'd be interesting to see how schools and, and how UCLA makes up for lack of spring. I know we got like two sessions in, but is that going to get pushed to summer? Is that going to push, like, are teams just all just going to be really sloppy next season? It's just something to think about with the whole thing being disrupted. Yeah, well, I hope yeah. they're yoked. I hope they're just still working out wherever they are. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see, but yeah. Oh, I have to oh, say one to say side one. point. Um, in terms of uh, killing, this is just not even regarding UCLA sports, but this has to be known. Ohio State somehow has literally had like three or four, and they're about to get another four or five-star commitment since you know this whole thing has taken place. And I think it's the most hilarious thing that Ohio State is like pulling in all these these stars, these kids. And I, I wonder if there's, like, a thing that is going across college football of watching that and saying, like, hey, okay, let's try. Whoever we had a silence, let's try to get them to keep the momentum going because, uh, yeah, Ohio State's classes so far is projected to be a historical one, but it's amazing how they just got three or four commits in the past, like, six, six days, you know, while we're all quarantined. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy, but crazy, crazy times. I know. Well, I think we're gonna sign off. Um, everyone, stay safe, stay indoors, stay away from everybody, and go Bruins. Go Bruins.